Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Alleluia, alleluia. Thomas, because you have seen me, says the Lord. Blessed are those who have not seen, but still believe. Alleluia, alleluia. That's us. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay, talking about all things Catholic. Today we want to talk about uh, the way communism, yeah, communism, uh, it's, it's, it's been used very powerfully by the devil against Christianity. And we'll look at today why, why communist and leftist governments hate Christianity. And the reason this is so important is because our country is embracing communism little by little, incrementally. Paul, are you 10-8, my friend? Yeah, it's just ready to go. Buckled up. Okay. So, uh, we'll give you guys, again, some of the backdrop to this, why communists and leftists hate hate Christianity, their governments hate Christianity. Then the last segment, we're going to talk about the good news. We're going to build you up and uh, and let you know, uh, ultimately, where all this is going to end. So, if you're someone who thinks Christians aren't persecuted much in today's world, then you probably haven't read any articles from a magazine called Voice of the Martyrs. They've also got a website. Uh, it'll change your opinion. The current Voice of the Martyr magazine, well, one that came out back in March 2020, it provides an excellent reality check for those who believe communism is on the way out. And it gives a drill down into recent activities in communist China. After the, after the Cultural Revolution of 1966 and 1976 that resulted in China being firmly placed in the hands of communist control, the campaign to stamp out Christianity has now risen to a point where churches are routinely bulldozed. Did you catch that? Churches are routinely bulldozed. Christians are consistently harassed, interrogated, and imprisoned, and pastors get disappeared. I know something also in recent times under under President Chi, the dictator that they have right now in Catholic churches, President Chi made all the Catholic churches take down the crucifixes from the sanctuary. And now every Catholic church has a picture of President Chi in the sanctuary in lieu of the crucifix, which were all taken down by the CCP. Whoa, so, the, de- yeah. the deification of man. Yeah. So why is it that communist and leftist governments persecute and hate Christianity so much? To answer that question, we need to peel back the theological, philosophical, and historical covers to get a better understanding of what motivates these anti-God worldviews, where their humanistic pursuits take them, and their tragic end results. Paul, if you want to pick it up in the next paragraph, I just got one comment to make. Yeah, communism, like Paul says, it just deifies man. It deifies man. And communism goes back to the Garden of Eden when the serpent said to Adam and Eve, uh, you know, don't you want to be like gods? That's <laughs> communism. Communism 
is a is a is a secular humanist system which deifies man. Go ahead, Paul. Mm. Yes, Jesus provides a succinct explanation for why these worldviews and forms of governments hate Christianity. When he says, "The world hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil," that's John chapter seven, verse seven. He speaks to the same thing earlier in the book of John. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. That's John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. <clears throat> when you tell an adherent of one of these belief systems and their oppressive government that their actions or ideas are wrong, it produces an egocentric rage that quickly manifests in authoritarian actions that first move to silence such hate speech and then go further to squash the persons themselves. Mm. The Bible says, yeah, how about that? The yeah. Bible says we shouldn't be surprised at this kind of aggression because the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. I say that often, Jess. Uh, the natural outworking of this from a governance standpoint is the rejection and outlawing of liberties and freedoms, especially religious ones, on the uh, of the general public. In rejecting God, tyrannical governments and their underlying worldviews suppress the fact that God is a free being, and since we are made in his likeness, we are also free beings who have innate freedoms that naturally flow to us from our creator. Sounds like the Constitution. Yes, and for yeah, and for authoritarian for authoritarian governments that just cannot be allowed. Pick it up with the uh, the philosophical permission slips, Jess. Yeah, that's why our authoritarian governments, even like ours now under the Democrats, they hate the Constitution because the Constitution yeah. appeals to natural law that comes from God. Yep. So, Churchill once said that the empires of the future will be empires of the mind. Did you get that? Controlling the mind. By this he meant worldviews, ideologies, and belief systems power human actions and have consequences. Humanity always looks to some foundation of knowledge or learning to justify what it does. When we look at the philosophies behind both communism and leftism, we find teachings that do everything in their power to reject Christian thinking. As most know, the philosophy of Karl Marx gave birth to and supports the communist philosophy. Marx thought religion was a mechanism of control. And he's, he's referring to the Catholic faith, by the way. Marx thought religion was a mechanism of control used by society's elite to manipulate the masses. But he went further to say, Marx said, quote, religion is a self-consciousness and the self-feeling of the man who has either not yet found himself or else, having found himself, he has lost himself once more. This state, this society, produced religion, a perverted world consciousness, because they are a perverted world. Religion is the sigh 
of the oppressed creature, the heart Mm. of a heartless world, just as it is a spirit of a spiritless nation. It is the opium of the people, close quote. That's from Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. While most understand Marxism, what's not so well known is the philosophy of leftist thinking. It was given birth to an 18th century France with the origin uh, with the origination of its mindset being cloaked beneath the cover of the Enlightenment and sheltered under seemingly reputable names like Rene Descartes, Sir Isaac Newton, Sir Francis Bacon, and John Locke. Much like Marxism and communism, it purported to use its philosophy to combat poverty and unfairness. In truth, the actual set of principles powering leftist thinking came from Voltaire, a French writer, historian, and philosopher who introduced a common argument against religion of reason over superstition. He and his lover, his, his, uh, uh, Emily, Emily de Chateloup, concluded their formal examination of the Bible by saying it was nonsense. Voltaire and Emily called Jesus' Sermon on the Mount trite, ridiculous, absurd, and his resurrection comedy. Sounds like what uh, Yuval Harari from the World Economic uh, World Economic Organization said that the resurrection is fake news. Hmm. Voltaire's snide and caustic attitude are captured by British historian Thomas Babington Macaulay, whose words not only portray the man but also define what is representative of the entire leftist movement. He could not build. He could only pull down. He was the very Vitruvius of ruin. Vitruvius was a famous Roman architect and engineer in the early Roman history. Other philosophers that aided Voltaire included Denise Diderot, who provided a sneak peek into the left's use of violence with a quote that is commonly attributed to him. He says, quote, Men will never be free until the last king is strangled with the entrails of the last priest, close quote. Mm-hmm. Beyond hostility, hey, yeah. No, I was just going to comment on that quote there. Yeah. You know, that 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 betrays their thinking that they understand yes. that the Catholic Church yes. was uh, was influential in the building of the, of the Western world. Because he's talking about the destruction of kings and priests yeah, and the connection right. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and I've, I've read another uh, Mao Tse Tung, who was a communist. He yeah. said that, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, he said that the way you change society is at the end of a gun. That's what Mao Tse Tung. Mao Tse Tung. Yeah. So beyond hostility, Another attribute characterizing the origins of the left was muddled thinking, which is represented well by Jean Jacques Rousseau, who complained that people's woes are the result of society, evidently overlooking the fact that societies are comprised of people. We'll continue talking about the problem with uh, with this uh, communist philosophy and the way it's infiltrating our country. Why communists and leftist governments hate Christianity? We'll pick it up on the other side. Jesus 911, two-man car. Two men in love with the Lord Jesus Christ in the service of Holy Mother Church. Devoted to Our Lady. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Communism versus Christianity. Yep, Paul, that's that's where we're at right now. That's what it comes yep. down to. There, there's there's yep. two there's two systems that are going to take over the world. It's either Christianity or it's communism. Right yep. now, communism is on the march. Uh, we know who wins at the end. It'll be a complete mm-hmm. wipeout. But until then, Catholics, uh, put on your seatbelts because we're in for Mr. Toad's wild ride. Paul, you want to yeah. pick it up there? Yeah. I just wanted to make one comment, Jess. Yeah. It's not like we weren't warned about this. Our Lady warned us. We were warned from heaven about this godless system that unless, uh, you know, we did what was required, that unless we, you know, we we, we stayed tethered to, to faithfulness to God, that the errors of Russia would spread. And that's exactly what we see today. Communism is the error of Russia. That's right. Paul, you want to yeah. pick it up there? Where it says the yeah. gods, priests, and prophets yeah. of communism. Yeah. Yes. The gods, priests, and prophets of communism and the left. It's a historically verifiable fact that when you hold God's funeral, someone will take his place. And that replacement is always one of us. The deification of man that you see today in communist governments like China and North Korea are nothing new. Look back at ancient Egypt and you'll find the Pharaoh being taught, uh, being uh, thought divine, elevated above his subjects who were expected to deliver nothing short of absolute obedience. Then came other in place of God rulers, such as Alexander the Great, Antiochus, uh, the fourth Epiphanes, who assume the name of Theos Epiphanes or God manifest, and various Roman Caesars like Domitian, who demanded to be addressed as Dominus et Deus, Lord and God. The interesting thing about emperor worship is noted by historian William Barclay, who observed, the extraordinary fact is that emperor worship was not imposed on the Roman Empire from above. It grew from below. Romans' populations, pleased with their fragile peace and economy, took things far Uh, took things too far in the worship of their emperors, not realizing the monster they were creating. The exact same thing happened in Nazi Germany with Hitler. As the gods of the ancient world had their own priests and prophets, the same is true today. Deified political despots have their enabling Politburo members, senators, etc., that the people look to in hope that interventions will be made on their behalf to the current ruler and the propaganda machines and mouthpieces of the media take the place of prophets with their aim being to serve and glorify their chosen monarch, bury any negative impressions and proclaim new revelations and insight from on high. Yeah. Just, up, uh, we're, we're trying, we're trying to create the tower of Babel here. And yeah. uh, we, we, that's exactly what we're doing. Yep. Uh, and this also kind of reminds me paul of uh every single civilization you look at egypt you look at the assyrians you look at the greeks the persians the romans yeah every single one of them has had their alexander the great their their antiochus epiphanes their uh, julius caesar 
mm-hmm. and uh, and they see themselves as as godlike men, yeah. and they want to be, and they believe that with their great ingenuity they can build uh, a utopia here on earth. Yes, just uh, yes, uh, you rightly connected this just to uh, uh, you know going all the way back to the the original lie of Satan that they can be God godlike you know that uh, yeah. you know uh, Saint Augustine said and I always say it and I'll say it again we uh, are, you know we were created for God and our hearts are restless until they rest in God uh, see man was created for a purpose. And when we fail to fulfill that purpose, which is to literally uh, 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 to worship God, that is why man was created to worship. We will find something else to worship, and unfortunately, um, you know the uh, you know the you know the the most obvious thing would be self worship. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. exactly what the devil wants. The devil yep. doesn't doesn't care if you don't worship him. The devil just doesn't want you to worship God. So if he can get you to worship yourself and be so fixated on yourself, that's a victory for Satan. He doesn't care if you worship him because you'll worship him in hell. You'll be serving him in hell if you die in mortal sin. So how did this all start? The inauguration of the communists and leftist gods, priests, prophets that make up oppressive governments is usually done in a manner that resembles the events that took place during the French Revolution of 1789. The American Revolution of 1776, we should remember, was motivated by a faith-based view of humanity and desired freedom from governmental oppression. Its aim was to recognize freedom based on innate human worth, absolute truth, and a morality underpinned by Judeo-Christian values that contain checks and balances to prevent any abuse of power. By contrast, the French Revolution in 1789 chased a different type of freedom one that was characterized by the pursuit of absolute power and secularism that included a mob-driven and forceful de-Christianization campaign. Discarding God, it was, it was typified by an untrustworthy moral fluidity that expunged the idea of religious moral boundaries and grounded its ethics in pragmatism and ever-changing right and wrong. I remember one of the things that the Enlightenment uh, pagans of the French Revolution did. They went into the most beautiful church in France, Notre Dame, and they took a statue of a of a prostitute, and they put the prostitute on top of the altar, the back altar, right in front of the tabernacle, and they put a sign. The the uh, these uh, anarchists. The sign said, uh, "We worship the goddess of reason." Uh, hmm. they, they they were also killing priests and nuns uh, in uh, using the, the guillotine in public during the French Revolution. Uh, Paul, you want to pick it up where it talks about the horrifying end results? Yes, yes. The outworking of the French Revolution and others like them reflect the worst of modern day slasher films and bear witness to an important truth for those who participate in them. Communist and leftist movements are cannibalistic in nature. In other words, they eat their own. They eat their own. Mm. Their actions personify what novelist Walter John Williams once said. I'm not afraid of werewolves or vampires or haunted hotels. I'm afraid of what real human beings do uh, 
uh, due to other real human beings. Whew, wow, isn't wow. that the truth? <laughs> wow. uh, let that one sink in. Mm. And it's the truth. Uh, the, the atrocities, Jess, that have been committed by other human beings against other human beings, particularly during these communist revolutions. Mm. Tens of millions of people have been killed, uh, butchered. And uh, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. And yet the world, uh, you know, just uh, is is lulled to sleep with all of this as we as we move towards a Marxist slash communist existence here in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, the two primary weapons employed by these movements are the lie and violence. We're seeing that now. Look at the little mobs, Roman, uh, Chicago, and other places, and and uh, you know uh, it's you know they're starting to stir the pot, right? We're seeing violence, and we're seeing violence from the left that want to attack anybody who has uh, conservative values, who doesn't think the way they think. You mm -hmm. see, this idea of freedom of speech just is being stifled. Why? Because you're only free to think and speak. Uh, in agreement with them, and if you don't, they will attack. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. History has shown that the tongue of communist and leftist governments and their enablers is forked and patterned after their spiritual father. Whenever he devil speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You can find that in John eight forty four. Witness. The current COVID-19 lies and cover-up from communist China as one of the countless examples. In addition to falsehood, violence is another hallmark of communism and the left. Again, mm -hmm. they mirror their spiritual father who is a murderer from the beginning. Just look Amen. for sacred scripture. All the answers are there. Yes. Um, while these oppressive worldviews have criminal records that wrap around the earth hundreds of times... A tired tactic they employ to take the spotlight of their bloody past uh, is to accuse religion as being the real culprit behind the moral brutality that's occurred down through history. The only problem with that claim is that it is 100% false. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true that the atrocities have been committed in that, that atrocities have been committed in the name of religion. Uh, example, ISIS, the, you know, the crusades, uh, uh, the 30 years war, but they barely register on history's violence Geiger counter compared to the carnage and bloody count produced by secular governments. Um, historian Philip and, and uh, Axelrod's three volume uh, Encyclopedia of Wars shows that of the 1,763 wars waged over the course of human history, only 123 have been religious in nature. That amounts to an amazingly low 6.98% of all wars being the result of religion. Wow. Yeah. Uh, further, when wars carried out in the name of Islam are subtracted, the percentage falls to 3.23%, meaning that all religions combined minus Islam have been responsible for less than 4% of humanity's wars and violent conflicts. 
The sobering fact that secular despotic governments account for over 93% of all violence and war in human history is summed up by political science professor R.J. Rummel this way in his book, Death by Government. Almost 170 million men, women, and children have been shot, beaten, tortured, knifed, burned, starved, frozen, crushed, or worked to death, burned alive, drowned, hung, bombed, or killed in any other of a myriad of ways governments have inflicted death on unarmed, helpless citizens and foreigners. The dead could conceivably be 360 million people. It is through our species, oh, it is though our species has been devastated by a modern black plague, and indeed it has, but a plague of power, not germs. There's mm. a term for that. It's called democide. Democide means the death through governments. Governments have, rogue governments have killed more people by far than any of religious wars that we've just seen here from the data. And as Fulton Sheen said in 1967, the conflict of the future will, will be between a God religion and a state religion. We'll be right back. We'll continue on this topic. Jesus 911. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Alleluia, alleluia. He is risen indeed. Truly he is risen. Alleluia, alleluia. That's what makes life worth living when you think about the fact that one day, one day, all the rights will be wronged and all the wrongs will be righted by the Lord Jesus Christ, okay. the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And that every single day you wake up, guess what? We're getting closer to that day. We're talking yeah. about the the uh, the havoc that communism and leftist thought has wreaked upon planet Earth. The article says, so why do communists and leftist governments and their adherents hate Christianity? The Bible says in John chapter 7, verse 7, our Lord Jesus Christ says, the world hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would, would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of this world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. John chapter 15, verses 18 to 20. Paul, this reminds me, as I just read this verse, I remember, I, I'm, just, I'm going back to now 1984, 85, 86, when we worked the L.A. County Jail. We were young men, young deputy sheriffs, uh, young rookies in the L.A. Sheriff's Department, and we used to work with this other young guy who was our supervisor, and he was very wealthy. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. His name was Greg Nix, rest in peace. Yeah. Yes. And I remember we were having a three-way conversation. I mean, Greg was a womanizer. He was a bodybuilder. He had all the money in the world. His dad was a, uh, His dad owned a lot of high-rises in the city of Downey. 
Uh, his dad was a, was a real estate mogul, and Greg was going to inherit everything. Uh, and, and Greg, again, he used to, on the weekends, he used to hang around with movie stars, playboy bunnies. Uh, he had all kinds of speed boats. Every single week, he'd drive in with a new car. Uh, he was a handsome guy. Uh, he had a body like a Greek god. And I remember one day you and I were talking to him and sharing the gospel with him. Uh, I think I think he was a fallen away Catholic. I'm not sure. I, I, he never fessed up to me. I don't know if he told you. But I remember one day you told him, and that, and I can remember to this very day because it was like an earthquake you dropped. You said, hey, Greg, this is your world. I'm just passing through. You said that in 1984, 85, and it's 2023, and I can hear that conversation clearly. Those words that you told him, they, they, they were like an earthquake in my soul. Because mm. again, I was still going through my own conversion as well, mm. you know, uh, to, to surrender myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But you said though, it, well-placed words at a given time are very powerful because you told him, Greg, this is your world. I'm just passing by. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. May his soul rest in peace. I, I pray that, uh, uh, that he had conversion before he passed. Yes. Yeah, me too. So the article ends, it says, Ironically, though, for all its hatred of Christian teaching, Marxist and leftist philosophy end up abducting God's first commandment of, you shall have no other gods before me, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, and modifying it to be, you shall not have God before me. <laughs> In other words, that's what communists would want. They'd want to change the commandment to, to read that way. This anti-God mandate, along with today's prevailing post-truth and anti-Christian thinking of Marxists and leftists, is something that has proven itself to be deadly. Their human condition is summarized well by political researchers Mark L. Melcher and Stephen Sukup, who speak to the birth of the left in France. It says their atheism has left them, France, with stunted moral values. Their utopianism has rendered them incapable of assessing the secondary and tertiary consequences of their actions. Their lifestyles provide us with the first glimpse into the sickness inherent in the nihilism that would come to the, to the progeny of their efforts. Finally, the petulance and outsized egos presage the terrible violence that awaits France. Close quote. However, even in the face of such promised violence and persecution, Christians, such as those in China's early Rain Covenant Church, a Protestant denomination, continue their faithfulness to Jesus. They are afraid, but yet not afraid, knowing that God remains sovereign over everything. Theirs is the realism that acknowledges the spiritual evil behind their communist government's actions, but yet looks upward to pursue a purpose spoken, spoken to by their pastor, Wang Yi, before he was arrested, he said the following, quote, The goal of disobedience is not to change the world, but to testify to another world. He wow. sounds Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in, no Paul, in fact, the, the church fathers used to say in the early church, in the first 300 years of Catholic Christianity, when Catholics were being martyred, uh, one of the common phrases, according to the church fathers that Catholics would say before their executioners, 
they would say, um, uh, you can't do, you can't send me anywhere where God is not. That's a famous Latin phrase in the early church. You, you killer, you can't send me anywhere where God is not. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And I just pray that we, uh, we, we can recapture that type of faith in 2023, Paul. Any comments on this, uh, on this communism and the leftist ideologies, Paul? Yeah, just as Solomon uh, said in sacred scripture, there is nothing new under the sun. You know, yes, the names change and and the ideologies, you know, come under different names. But in the end, it's the same. Just like you said, when you linked it back to the original lie in the garden, it, you know, there's a there's this push when when man fails to to uh, understand his reason for being that God created us for himself to give glory and honor and praise and worship to God. And just to have that loving, uh, you know, unification with God, just the, the, the father son relationship when that is not fulfilled. Well, we, we, we take plan B and plan B is we, we try to, we try to become God ourselves. And then we we basically lord it over, and this is exactly what we see in the world. You know, um, God. Listen to this, Jess. God picks the unexpected and the unlikely, and He goes to the unforeseen places, stacking the odds against Himself in order mm. that age after age might stand in open mouth wonder at His sovereignty and o- over all things. What I, what do I mean by that? I mean that that uh, you know. Even though we seem like this, the deck is stacked against us. And how do we, you know, how do we even, uh, you know, respond to this? I mean, we're talking about, you know, these these things are, you know, as old as the French Revolution, and 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 all of these things and, and atrocities are committed. And what can I do? It's the same thing Moses said when Moses, uh, when when the Lord sent Moses to uh, free the people from Pharaoh. Moses said, "Who am I, Lord?" that I should go before Pharaoh, you know, <laughs> this is, this is God's like looking at Moses, like, come on, Moses, <laughs> you know, but I got I'll this. go with, I got this. yeah, yeah, I got this, you know, God doesn't, uh, you know, in fact, God, he delights in, in stacking the deck against himself just to, to testify that there is no God, but him, he is God. And, um, and uh, I remember one pastor put it like this. He, of course, he was a Christian, not, but he said, "God is the coach that never lost a game." <laughs> mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the coach that never lost a game, and he never will. Yeah, Paul. As, as Catholics, we uh, we can't forget uh, the church is is called the church militant for a reason. The, the Latin term is Ecclesia Militans. That's a very ancient title of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. which, which basically means that the church is going to be at constant war up until uh, our, our own personal exit interview or the second coming of Christ. And St. Paul reminds us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Let us not grow tired of doing good, for in due season... We shall reap our harvest 
if we do not give up. Let me read that again. Mm-hmm. Let us not grow tired of doing good, for in due time we will reap our harvest if we do not give up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, our Lord told St. Faustina on Sunday was a Divine Mercy Sunday. In, uh, the con- in, in, in paragraph 1760 of the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus Christ said to her, Know this, Faustina, that you are now on a great stage where all heaven and earth are watching you. Fight like a knight so that I can reward you. Do not be unduly fearful because you are not alone. Mm-hmm. That's a constant refrain in the Bible that God reminds us Do not be afraid. You're not alone. This is a recurring theme in scripture. And let's not forget that when we fight, it's, we're not doing it on our, in our, on our, with our own power and our own human effort. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. In other words, in other words, God will fight our battles. We just got to show up. That's all we got to do. Show up. Suit up for the game. God will fight our battles. And remember, we've got to be in this fight for the long haul. And we know that in God's name, we will prevail. The scorecard is fixed. We win at the end. It's a complete wipeout. But we must persevere till the end. Jesus, now we'll we'll continue talking about uh, the hope that we have in Christ. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Two-man car. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. What is the hope that lies within us? It's Jesus Christ, his yes. promises, and his resurrection. Jesus is our hope, not politics, uh, not, your, uh, not, not your investments, not your education, uh, not your recreation. Jesus is our hope. Paul. Yes, Jess. Comments. So I, I just wanted to uh, you know, remind everybody of an individual uh, that is in sacred scripture by the name of Elijah. Mm. You know, Elijah means the Lord is my God. Mm. Just 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 think about that. And Elijah was a uh, was a guy who kind of mysteriously appears in, in in biblical history, just seemingly out of nowhere. He was he was a Tishbite, uh, but he wasn't a Jew. And God sent him at a time when the king of Israel was in cahoots with Jezebel and they were committing atrocities against the Lord God. So God sends Elijah and listen to this. Elijah's presence illustrates God's penchant for the unexpected as an obscure and audacious non-Israelite comes to the name of the uh, comes in the name of the God of Israel. 
pronouncing judgment on the people of Israel in the face of the king of Israel himself. He is an unlikely voice from an unknown place who comes bearing an unforeseen word from the Lord, which is Yahweh's way of saying, life, history, everything operates according to my word. Despite whoever else claims authority over our day, there remains but one whose voice holds sway over the ages. When depravity sits on the throne with vulgarity and vice walking the streets in open contempt, you can be sure that God has already readied his defense. When evil has its heyday and comes steamrolling over the people of God, he is not caught unprepared. Even as iniquity and idolatry seemingly rule the hour, Yahweh is never caught napping. Though his word can be tuned out, it can never be fully drowned out. His truth never fades, precisely because he is ever and uh, uh, preserving, uh, 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 he is an ever and preserving remnant to speak. Uh, he always has a, uh, an ever and preserving remnant to speak on his behalf. Uh, and I pray just that we are part of that remnant. Ours is a God who makes a way where there is no way, sovereignly mm. readying the defense of his word and mm. his people when we least expect it. And Jess, if that doesn't give you any cur- uh, encouragement, I don't know what will. <laughs> that's, that's amen, brother. Uh, what what a, what a, He's definitely one of the most inspirational characters in, in salvation history, Elijah. Uh, yes. St. Elijah, pray for us. Yes, yes. We and let's not forget uh, let me give you a little uh, a little tour through salvation history. Um, let me give you people that made no excuses. They were born during times where uh, there was suffering, there was persecution. They had their challenges and they made no excuses. So the next mm-hmm. time you feel like God cannot use you, just remember number 1, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was an old. Methuselah was even older. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was not very pretty. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer too. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and he was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. As Isaiah preached naked, Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer and Lazarus was dead. And guess what? They made no excuses. So for you and I, no more excuses. God is waiting for your full potential because remember, after all, you're not the message. You're just the messenger. Jesus yes. is the message. Jesus is the good news. All we are is the messenger. So no excuse. God wants to use you to your full potential. Remember, you're a baptized, confirmed Catholic Christian. Yes. You're a child of God. Yes. Roll up Powered your sleeves. Spirit. That's right. Get, roll up your sleeves and get busy. Yeah, Jess, as you read that litany of uh, uh, names that, uh, you know, that, that, that just, you know, 
from uh, Salvation History. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and it just, you know, it just reemphasizes uh, and, and it brought to mind a, a, a scripture verse. God takes that which is not in order to nullify the things that are. Mm. And see, and that's what we, you know, we just need to meditate on that, you see, because God doesn't need any help. He's God, but he's pleased to, to reach down and to work with us in our humanity, knowing our weaknesses. And he still loves us. And not only does he love us, loves us, but he draws us near and he allows us to participate in this glorious, great salvation that he has brought praise to Jesus, King Amen. Jesus Most High, Jess. Oh, Amen. Uh, Amen. The gospel is a beautiful thing. You know, it, it, when you look, we're talking about ancient people. In ancient times, Joshua, the successor of Moses, he had to make a choice. And it's written down in the Bible. It's in, it's in Joshua 24, 15. He looked at his people. His people were steeped in, in worshiping false gods the false gods of the, of, of the pagan nations. And Joshua said the following. He said this, quote, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. As Catholics, we have to do the same thing. It's uh, it's God's prerogative to de- to determine and to declare good and evil. It's our job to obey, not to define our own morality. Uh, and so, the Catholic Church has been given by God to the world as a pillar and foundation of truth, and we are Catholic Christians. We are part of the Church militant. We are part of the new Israel of God. What are we called to do? We are called to be a light to the nations. We are yes. called to be salt to in the earth. And uh, just like Christ set up the Catholic Church, Christ set up the Catholic Church to be a beacon of light, like that pillar of fire in the Old Testament when God led the Israelites to the desert by way of a theophany, a pillar of fire. The Catholic Church yes. is the same way today. Yes, the Catholic Church is the Catholic Church is that is that shining city upon a hill whose yes. beacon light it's supposed yes. to guide freedom loving people yes. everywhere to heaven. Yes, and listen, I I get it, and if you're listening to us, we know that there are voices that uh, from within the church, not unexpected because we were warned. Uh, the church fathers, our lady, we've been warned of these things for a long time, but there are, Jesus warned us that there would beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay. Well, the wolves are here uh, and they're amongst us, but every Catholic knows that the faith uh, that has been passed down uh, through the generations uh the perennial teachings of the church can never change. So when there's voices that try to tell you, oh, that's how Catholics used to think, but we're changing here now. That is a modernist voice. And as Pope Pius X, St. Pope Pius X said, it is the mother of all heresies. Yeah. So we Catholics have to stand fast 
and, and stand on the word of God, the unchanging word of God. With God, there's no shifting nor shadow of change. And anybody that says God changed is a liar. Amen. You know, this is serious business right now in our country. And as Catholics, we have to lead the charge for national repentance. Just remember that uh, Jonah preached in Nineveh and Nineveh repented and they prayed and they were spared. They were spared judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah, they did not repent and they were destroyed. So the option in America, it's ours. If we look at all this in, in merely human terms, our cause seems hopeless, but we don't depend on our own strength and we don't know everything that's going to happen tomorrow or the next day, but we shouldn't be discouraged when bad things happen because God permits everything to happen for those who love him or are, and are called according to his purpose. We as Catholics, remember, we must just trust in the Lord no matter what happens. And, and as Catholics, pick up your rosary, pray your rosary, read your Bible every day, live in a state of grace. Do not live in fear, live by faith. And remember that God is in control. Shall not the just judge of the earth do what is right? What is yes, right? he will. Yes, yes. yes. Yes, Jess. Uh, it's music to my ears when I hear you preach like that, Jess. And the reality of the situation is do not be afraid and stay connected. Receive the sacraments. Yes, Receive yes. our Lord in the, in, in the blessed Holy Eucharist. Why? Because it is that bread from heaven, the true bread from heaven that will sustain you, empower you. Uh, in order to stand for Christ at a time when the chastisement is here, the persecutions are here, not a problem. Why? What can man do to me? You know, uh, we Christ sent us out like sheep led to the slaughter. So in the end, even what you know, when the when the when the enemy feels like, oh look at this, I just wiped out these Christians. No, he didn't wipe us out. You uh, you sent us home to our Lord, to our right. King, Amen. and. <laughs> Like St. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 14, if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Yep. Whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Amen. That's a wrap. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay, two lovers of the king, two servants of the queen mother, faithful to Holy Mother Church. We Family, we love you. We enjoy this. We love when you guys uh, join us and, uh, and just... Uh, Share our share our enthusiasm and love for the Catholic faith. Up next, Gary Machuda coming to you, hands-on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. Hey, just a reminder, I'm going to the Holy Land October 6th to the 16th. If you want to come with me, my wife, Father Dave Nix, and others to the Holy Land, go to my website, jesseromero.com, jesseromero.com. Uh, that's October 6th to the 16th. All right, family, we'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.